0: Hi, hello, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm your good pal Travis, and these are my, you know, f- friendly acquaintances. I would say generously. Sure. Uh, oh, you can you can do better than that. We're we're more we're friends at least. Uh, maybe we'll get there someday. I don't know. Um, Christ. We're working on the social link, you know, as they say, as the nerds say, as the as the children say. We're like level three. You know, we gotta get a few levels deeper. Scott, this is a reference. I'm sure you're totally understanding. So um, completely, yeah. Um, is it when you is, is you it Persona? What, we, what you should be re- Yeah. Hey, good job. You actually oh. got it. Oh, nicely done. Uh, uh, very it proud was, a- of
1: you. Da- 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 My next guess da- was da- was gonna be Final
0: Fantasy.
2: So I'll take that.
0: Oh damn! I would play Final Fantasy it, more if it had social links. That'd be okay. dope.
2: I don't know these things. Uh, maybe the I next don't know one. Will... These
1: things. I've never Final Fantasy has just never gripped me in that way. I'm I'm even itching to play a, a JRPG right now, and I loaded up Golden Sun.
0: You know what? You know what? I I've been dying to try because I keep hearing it's like of of the same ilk as Persona. Huh. Is the uh, the Trails series? Have you ever heard that?
2: Trails.
0: Trails, so it started off, I believe, Not with Trails Tales? in the Sky, which was a PSP game, and it's continued, it's ongoing. They're still making them. They make a new one every like two years. It's like tra- Trails of Cold Steel now, and they're all like huh. eighty hours. There's like ten of them, but apparently they're phenomenal. And I, uh, I, I, I bought one because I, uh, w- during the hysteria of the Vita store closure, I actually bought the 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 PSP game digitally. And uh, I, I have it loaded up someday, but I've heard that series is fantastic and I, I, I am dying to give it a try. But it's a little budget, I think. It's a little bit more uh, more of a niche thing. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe, maybe it's not quite as good. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I've, I've never heard of it before, but it sounds interesting.
2: The words budget and 80 hours of gameplay typically don't go together.
1: It's it's about like a war school.
2: I
0: think I think it's got similarities to like Fire Emblem Three Houses. I think it's about like you go to a school
1: for war. Ah, uh, I don't like that. I Don't like that. You're a teacher and you fuck your but students. A... Not into that.
0: No, no, no. You're not a teacher. You're you're a you're a fellow okay. student.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm back in. Student fucking students. That that's what it is. Is there a dorm? Is this a, is this a, like a I live without my parents situation? I'm back in. I don't
2: know. I have, I've never played it. I don't know. See, I asked if I should do any research before, and I feel like the answer was yes.
0: Well, this sounds like one of those things, Scott, that like you, because you <laughs> asked like 10 minutes ago, yeah. uh, you would not have time <laughs> to, to fill your mind with all of the phenomenal topics we're bringing to the table today,
2: because I have no. a long list. Oh, man. No, Is it I like don't. three items this week and not the usual two. No, um, I'll start us <laughs> start off, off because this has
0: been on my mind. I, I, this is something that's been ongoing for a little while and Scott was bringing up a little bit that we, you know, we were having a conversation recently about like, the, the, the weird reality TV that we've been watching because Scott's really into Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching a bit of Taskmaster. It's good. It's, it's good background noise although I feel like if I watch too much it all kind of bleeds together into a giant like mass of stuff I don't remember anymore. Like, it, just, it just turns into noise after a uh-huh. while. I mean, the, but the thing
2: is you're not wrong. You just kind of have to meter it that way. And then the other thing I've noticed about it is it actually has pretty good rewatchability because of what you said. You kind of forget, yeah. and then like you know, there's a hundred episodes in your mind or something, and you go back and watch. Was like, oh yeah, that one, huh? Yeah, that's what happens I don't remember. To how me this too. one turns out
1: because they blur together. Like I'll remember, okay, I've seen a bunch of episodes with this cast, but like I don't know which one this is. I don't remember all the tasks. So like even whenever I, I bring somebody new or introduce Taskmaster to somebody new. I'll, I'll maybe watch an episode that maybe I've already seen before and it will still feel relatively like, okay, like, yeah, this is familiar, but I don't remember exactly how it goes.
2: Yeah, you're, you remember of... some of the bigger jokes, but you don't remember all the little details.
0: For, for the sake of the listener, Taskmaster is a British show in which a comedian, uh, Greg Davis? Greg Davis. Davis, yeah. Uh, Greg Davis, uh, British comedian, uh, basically creates a bunch of silly tasks for... Other comedians to do, and then like they, they either do it by the the rules set out or they find like loopholes to get around the difficult rules, and uh, it's fun, but uh, it's also like just kind of a lot of the same temperature. It's it kind of is like a a level seven throughout the whole experience, yeah. you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of peaks and valleys, it's kind of like a consistent line, it, it doesn't, uh, but help. It's, it's good, it's, it's definitely good background. It doesn't noise. help
1: that the set uh, is just like red. Like that's it. There's no there's <laughs> no other dominant color at all anywhere featured in the series. It's just red and white and cut it's, to clips of them and, doing the 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 tasks
2: and gold. And, and gold.
1: gold. Very like very yeah. very hot. So it just kind of all yeah. because there's no difference in the palette at any point in the series so far, it doesn't feel different yeah. at any point.
2: I feel like that's also the culture they've kind of cultivated with it is Trying to be like we want these people to be on their game the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I mean it it shows in like the the stage segments where they're all you know, they're all sitting in chairs doing bants and whatever and then like someone will say something, you know, they'll crack a joke about something and then they'll cut to the next person and they'll have to explain what they did and they'll reference that first person's joke like three seconds Mm -hmm. later or something. And you know, that keeping the comedians on their A game for an hour straight in improv is tough to do. Yeah, but it's a anyway,
0: good show. Uh, it is a good show, but the thing that I've been watching kind of on and off for the last like month and a half um, that I didn't I didn't know this would be something I'd be interested in, but I got into the the, the genre of um, hoarding reality Ooh. shows. Oh yeah. Uh, like shows about Pickers people and... who have fallen off the face of the earth and and, and have buried themselves in crap. Is It's fascinating to me because I think like there's a part of me that recognizes the bug in these people that mm-hmm. like I, I, I feel like if I was a mentally unhealthy person, that would be what happened to me. You, you know what I mean like and, and and the thing that's interesting about it so there's a couple of shows that that are on like YouTube in various places There there's the there's like a British show where like a psychologist kind of talks about it and tries to like deal with people and I think her mother was like a, a hoarder too so she's like kind of approaching it from like a, a an empathetical perspective and then there's like another show like another american show that's just kind of like oh look at these wacky people and then there's a there's the a and e show which is like this two hour like every episode is the saga of like trying to go in and like fix the problem and like it's this whole like big dramatic process to, to save people from their from their disasters mm-hmm. and yeah. uh it's interesting because i think like there's kind of two different types and that, that's sort of the thing that you sort of start to pick up on in some of these shows in that, like, there's the one kind of person who has, like, something very dramatic happen to them or, like, clearly had, doesn't have closure about something. And so they, like, attach that emotion to objects and they can't let anything go. Like, maybe a, a family member passed away mm-hmm. or a relationship fell apart and suddenly, like, they can't process that adequately and, like, they they... Any getting rid of anything starts to feel like they're losing that person over again mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. and then there's the other kind of person for whom life is just uh, a misery and they're not collecting anything <laughs> they're just living in garbage and they don't give a <laughs> shit and they pee on the ground and they live with cockroaches in their bed and it, it, like I, I, no, I can there's
1: no order to the the way they're getting stuff it's just oh that's free well I'll take it then
0: You go into the bathroom and it is McDonald's cups stacked by the millions. It it is like. It's not like the people
2: with newspapers who are like, so this wall is the 70s and this one is the 80s. Except those people
0: have like some amount of emotional attachment to the the, collection. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is just that's a disaster the, that's the zone. First, that's the first type, because those types have, like, they have an intention of, like, well, I'm going to do something with all of this. I'm going to make a museum. I'm going to f- fucking buy a bigger house and organize it all. And, of course, that never happens. But, hmm. like, it, there was an episode of, of the A&E show that was about this woman who lived in the Midwest, and she had a house, and, like, she was a grandmother, and she just, like, didn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> And she, her grandkids had to live with her because their mother like went to jail or something. Mm -hmm. And the kids were talking about how like, oh yeah, she, uh, she, she would like sit on the couch. And when she had to poop, she'd pull out a cup, poop in it, and then dump it on the ground in front of her. Oh my
1: God. And so like
0: when the crew came to like fix the house... They would, like, be shoveling up garbage, and they're like, what's all this mud on the ground? Like, it's caked mud. It's, like, ten inches of mud. And they realize it's human shit. They couldn't smell on the it? They ground. couldn't
1: tell just by the smell alone? It, w- it had
0: been there for, like, ten years. Oh. So it had all... Ca- like, everything smelled like rotting garbage, oh. and so, like, how would they know? Like, everything was terrible. And these kids had to live with her for, like, two years, because their mother, like, went to jail for selling meth or something. Jesus. And... And uh, and also she had animals who were chained to the wall, and, uh, and 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 they and she would lie about everything too. She would. They were like, "Did you really poop on the ground?" No, I didn't poop on the ground. And they were like, "Yeah, you did." And then and then she was like, "I took care of them perfectly fine." And 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 the thing that I notice is that every single person that, that in every episode of the show who lives like this says washing the same way. They say washing. Every single one of them. They all so they're,
2: say, all, they're all from the Philly, Jersey, New York Yeah,
0: area. They, and so this woman was like, they were like, your, your grandkids, they didn't have clean clothes. They didn't have clean sheets. And she said, no, I washed them. I washed them. And it's like, you can't wash dog urine out of clothes, you crazy old bitch. You can't do it.
1: And this is the part in the conversation where I want to circle back, and I want to say, Travis says... That he recognizes the bug.
0: <laughs> well, not not a, not at maybe these kinds of people, because I feel like again there there's two types, right. and there really is a difference because there's like the type that has just given up, and there's the type who has like deep emotional right. connections the, to
1: things There's the pathologic reclamation of something, and there's the the complete divestment from this mortal plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it. It's been very interesting to get my
0: mind kind of wrapped in this world of, like, what would it be like? Because I've dealt with that in the past where I've had trouble getting rid of stuff and I, I've wanted to, like, kind of... I, I, I fantasize about the idea of, like, having a house that is like a museum where I have everything that is in a, in a proper place and they all have meaning and it's, like, floor-to-ceiling covered in shit. I, that, that is, like, a cool idea, idea to me and I think there's a way to maybe do that effectively, but I feel like if you have that kind of bug, but you're also, like, really depressed or you really have, like, a trauma that you're dealing with, it can manifest in a really nasty way where you're just constantly buying crap that you don't need. And, uh... Exactly. Exactly. No. I I mean, that's the thing. Like, today, there's kind of this effort about minimalism, right? Like, a lot of people kind of celebrate getting rid of shit. And I've, I've never, ever, ever... Uh, sympathize with that. I mean, obviously people can do whatever they want, but I don't understand the feeling of like, oh man, it felt so good to get rid of a bunch of shit.
1: I, I was just about to As say, someone... I mean, that's, that's part of the nice thing of, of you know, getting ready to, for a move, is because it does make you have to kind of take stock of everything, of all right, what's worth keeping, and what, what is... Mm-hmm.
2: As someone who has just moved mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last two, three weeks or whatever, it is, there's just a lot of stuff and you you decide what you want what you don't want and um the thing is the place i came from had very limited storage space like there wasn't a whole lot of place that i could put stuff uh so we were able to really not ditch a whole lot of stuff on the way here which is good because that meant we didn't have a lot of stuff in the first place uh you know like there's a lot of uh, kitchen stuff and a lot of like you know, books and stuff like that, but not a lot of just like random junk lying around. That mm-hmm. we were just like, oh, why do we still have this? It's like everything we used, we actually used, right? But that's definitely a a place, you know, like I said, we came from, didn't have much place to put stuff,
1: things just accumulate, yeah. Definitely.
0: And I guess, I guess for me, because again, I'm not an, a mentally unhealthy person to the level where like I have that level of attachment to everything. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, th- the thing that keeps me sane and healthy and safe is that those that energy is in very selective things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can generally, like, get rid of things if it's, like, furniture or whatever, like, like stuff that, that I, I don't attach anything to, but I'm also, like, I, I have, like, the collector bug, and if and I, I've gotten rid of very few games in my life, and I think about them all constantly. Like, I, I'm <laughs> always, like, why the fuck did I do that? Why did I sell it back to GameStop, whatever, like, whatever it was, GameCube games, or, or whatever the hell, I'm like, damn, I wish I didn't do do that and i shouldn't because some people like genuinely get a lot of appreciation about letting go of that and uh that's never hit me i think i'm just too uh i want the horde i want i want to keep building up instead of producing but only for that kind of thing not for i definitely
2: i inherited a little bit of that from my parents because my parents uh were in their attic last weekend and found my mom's college notebooks Mm -hmm. uh you know I i don't aspire to be that but uh you know, you know, you want to hang on to all the interesting stuff. So, like, I save you know my old phones and old random computer stuff that still works at least, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So you can you know look back and remember the things that happened with these items. You know, there's memories attached to all the stuff. I was just talking about this with um with Christina, where uh, she's reading a book that's told that's telling stories through clothing items, mm-hmm. and so people are writing in and writing an essay about their one specific clothing item that they have a lot of interesting memories attached to what that mm-hmm. signifies to them. And so, you know, for me, I don't get a whole lot of memories out of clothing because I mean, most of my clothes are t-shirts and right, you know, they course. cycle cycle every few years, but you know, there's other memories in video game consoles or in phones or, you know, other pieces of stuff in your kitchen or something like that. So that, that's all yeah, interesting I, stuff.
0: I, I think a couple of things, because I think, like, being in a relationship, one, is, like, a big motivator to not have that energy put into everything, right? Because, like, I feel... When you're single, you can kind of act like everything around you is, is like, part of you mm-hmm. and your identity and, and whatever. And, like, it, it's almost like... the I remember hearing somewhere, like, the difference between being single and in a relationship is that when you're single, the whole room is you. Mm-hmm. But when you're single you kind of have to put everything that's you on a table. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so like when forces, you're in a relationship, yeah. When you're in a are re- in a relationship, it like forces you to put everything on a table and like, this is me instead of like the whole room because you're sharing the space. And obviously you don't want to like choke somebody with your, you know, whatever your obsessions happen to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also of course moving and, and all of us have experienced that um, and are in the experience in the process of experiencing that. And uh I've certainly had to kind of shift my brain chemistry a little bit to deal with that, too. I mean, when when I moved, my parents made me go through, like, bins and bins and bins of all the schoolwork and everything that I had kept throughout all the years because they didn't want to get rid of anything. Yep. But then, of course, they they wanted to move, and they wanted to downsize, and I was leaving, and I'm not taking that with me. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think... So I had uh, to start
0: really thinking that way, and it was hard. I think for each person uh, there's a
1: different kind of reflection on control there, uh, uh, where mm -hmm. for some people the acquisition of things that maybe they couldn't get when they were little, that collector bug, I think is a way of of exercising a degree of control over their environment. And then for other people, I think that that, I don't know, actualization of of not caring about something physical is there, it's the same thing, but just in a different form of, okay, like, maybe I couldn't get this thing, or maybe I, I this is, you know, beyond my means right now, but Maybe I don't need it, and and by realizing that for myself, I'm better for that. I think it's just a Mm -hmm. means of of exercising uh, uh, control over your space in a different way, depending on if you want to, you know, stockpile for the future because you're worried and that gives you some security, or if it's something as simple as, oh, yeah, I like this as a kid, and now I can actually get it.
2: Yeah. That said, I know people who are kind of aggressively anti-sentimental like that's just their personality you know they don't attach many you know feelings or emotions to things and <clears throat> you know the one person i'm thinking of in particular is just like when he moved he was just like i don't really care about anything like i could basically he, he was moving like two blocks but he could have basically just ditched everything and bought everything new again and not cared and that's just his personality but you know that yeah, everyone's different about it
0: so. Yeah, I, I like I said, it's hard for me to relate because I mean, this is why I still like collect the music files because I don't want to have the the idea even of losing access to things is like so. Yeah,
1: there, there's kind of a, an idea of impermanence here. The, this kind of almost like making peace with the fact that hey, your 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 best work from kindergarten or something, maybe it's sweet that your mom kept it, but like, it can't matter like who's it it doesn't matter who's it who's it for if you're keeping it Mm -hmm. and it's this kind of uh uh making peace with the idea that that eventually you won't leave a footprint but Mm -hmm. i think for some people it's they really want to you know have the like you said travis have the thing and not have it be a, a a thing they can't come back to later
0: yeah, that, that was the thing that kept repeating in these hoarder shows where literally every person who had like an attachment issue, they would go through this process through therapy of like, pick up an item in the house and like scale of zero to 10, how upset would it make you to get rid of this thing? And every single time, no matter who the person was, no matter what the item was, it was always a 10 out of 10, I would like rather die than get rid of this thing because I have mm-hmm. a story in my head of like why... I need to keep it, and there's an excuse of like, if if I get rid of it, then suddenly I won't be able to do X, Y, and Z, or it'll, I'll, I'll regret getting rid of it because it reminds me of of whatever. And it's like you can get caught on the trap of like making excuses for why you need to hold on to things that don't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really amazing how how much that can affect people. Again, I I'm lucky that I don't feel that way about literally everything in my apartment because if I did, I would you know obviously have that level of issue, but. I do feel that way about some things, uh, definitely. So again, that's why I relate to it. Um, but it's interesting because I do, I do, I, I do wonder. Like, I mean, I, is it healthy to want or, or to be that detached to like be fine with getting rid of literally everything? Maybe it is really healthy, but part of me like I mean, feels it, like that's certainly
1: not. Certainly, there has to be a gray area between being a dragon with its horde and being an aesthetic right like mm-hmm. there's part uh, of
2: part of your personality is the things you keep around you and if you keep right. nothing around you then you know what's what's interesting about that the fact it, that it reminds nothing, me of that like, it reminds <laughs> me of that old meme of like i can't believe some
0: guys live like this and it's like a picture of like a room with a wooden chair and a bed frame like yeah <laughs> like there hey, are some people who, who live that. like <laughs> but i mean like permanently live yeah, like with no, no personality like, and yeah, anything I,
1: I, I think of like a like a monk or like a buddhist a temple or something where yeah you know the, their whole thing is not having any material uh, uh goods possessions in, yeah in, in mm-hmm. this world or whatever but uh I don't know. I I, I think it, it's not unhealthy to to trim the collection every now and then, but it's it's also maybe you know if you're if you're somebody who is pathologically burning bridges and and uh, uh, resisting uh, sentimentality at every turn, I, I wouldn't leave that unexamined. That's that's maybe something that that mm. might be worth talking to your therapist about.
2: Yeah, definitely. There there are reasons that people keep things right you know it it doesn't have to be you're keeping everything it doesn't have to be you're keeping nothing but Mm -hmm. retaining memories and stuff is a good thing i
0: i want to know now that we've done my side of the personality test if you were like both of you if you were like significantly less healthy than you are currently what do you think would be your vice like what what would you turn into if you were like if if let's say you're a 5 to 8 currently if you're a 0 on the scale of like mental health would you, would you be an alcoholic would you be on the street like what what would that look like and cuz again i i can see very clearly what i would be mm-hmm. and that would be buried under a pile of shit that is worthless uh <laughs> But I want to know what would what would that look like? Maybe this is too personal, and if it is, yeah, that's I, fine. Yeah, I don't
1: know how fun this is going to be, but I'll, I'll tell you. Like, I'll, I think uh, uh, if if I was first of all, absolutely, I have a I think an addictive personality. If I if I was was raised in a in a different environment, I think my my body chemistry. If I had gotten into drugs at a younger age, it would have ruined my life. Um, <laughs> no argument there at all. But I think, uh, that aside, uh, uh, I think just personally, if I was, like, non-functioning at what I'm worst at, I guess, I think it would be I wouldn't trust anyone. I would be super hmm. paranoid, and hmm. and I would be, uh, like, sociopathic in in trying to figure out everyone's motives around me, everyone's has to want something from me in order to be talking to me. And likewise, and like everything would be transactional. Like right. uh, I wouldn't talk to you unless I wanted something either. Um, and yeah. I think that I... just comes from a, like a distrust and having mm. been in a, a situation where, where I feel like I, my, my trust was breached that I, I would just be completely paranoid with all my relationships. Hmm.
0: A, f- a few years ago, we played around with this, like, Personality grading thing called the Enneagram. I remember sharing mm-hmm. this in our in our group chat, and mm-hmm. the fun thing about that is that it actually does lay out like what you look like at different health levels. Like if you're a very healthy person, you're fulfilling all of the types, goals, and dreams, and you're being an excellent model in society and in, in, in this unique way that that personality can provide to society. And then if you're a zero, it's like here is what that what that turns into at its mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that kind of being the deal for years. I feel like it was like very much associated with you, your, you, whether you're healthy or unhealthy is very much associated with how you are relating to other people. Kind mm-hmm. of like, do you trust them to accept you as who you are? Yes or no. And that's like the question that is kind of revolving around your personality type almost.
1: Yeah. Can you, do You uh, are you trusting that everyone's in this conversation in good faith? Mm hmm. Travis mm-hmm. to the train, I don't know if you can hear that, but I bet you know, it'll show up. No,
0: I can't. I, if it's there, it's a little flavor for the soup. You know, people will just have to accept soup.
1: it, you know? Yeah. We're or having a real talk tonight. Broth.
0: It's going to
2: be fine. Anyway, apparently it's my turn now. I've been thinking about it while you guys have been talking. I feel like um, there's a reason that I've always, you know, since uh, you know, since I moved out for college or whatever, I've always lived with a roommate, you know and I think the reason for that is I think I would become a shut in. Mm. Um, I need, I need people to do stuff with. And if there's no one to do stuff with, then I just stay inside and I watch TV or I play video games or I I don't do anything. Um, so it actually kind of happened to me. Um, you know, the last couple of months when it's just been me here and I don't have many friends here right now. And, you know, I can't do anything because, you know, there's a fucking pandemic and I can't, um, you know, travel and I can't do any of that stuff. So, like, even when I travel alone for business, um, at least in the before times, I would go out to, a, uh, you know, nothing else to do. I'd go out to a bar or something and make a friend for the night, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the bartender or someone there. And then, um, but that's still finding people to do stuff with. And especially right now you can't exactly do that as easily. You can't just like rock up at a bar and, you know, have a few beers and talk to someone. Um, and so I think if I was the unhealthy version of myself, I would just become a shut in and just never leave. Mm. I would go out and get food and come back and eat it. And then that would be the end of that and drink a lot. So I think that would be my situation
0: yeah i
2: i uh that would probably go true. to a lot of baseball games by myself
0: <laughs> i think that's true of a lot of people i feel like a lot of people um could easily fall into that pattern um mm. and I, I feel like a lot of people do at various points in their life um
1: well, it's hard find to themselves in a situation once... where
0: it's like very easy to do that for mm-hmm. extended periods of time
2: meeting uh, people yeah, as an meeting people as an adult is very difficult
1: yeah, once you're out of the school system and there's there's no, like, common life experience that everyone all shares, mm-hmm. it's very hard to, I think, meet new people because there's not that excuse of, oh, we just happen to be in the same class or we happen to be at the same school or, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, was... like, if, if you're, like, a true introvert, your default is to not seek it out, mm-hmm. like, unless you really put effort into it because you're aware you need it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that's, like extroverts take that
2: would, for granted. Like That's they, they what happened like, to me at a, on business trips. It's just like, mm-hmm. if I don't go out of the hotel at night, all I do is go to work, go to lunch, go to work, go to dinner, yeah, yeah. go home. And, and, and you don't realize
0: else. you you need the human connection until, like, it's way too late, right? Yeah. Because, like, I've been there, too, where I'm that type of person where, like, I, can, I could go... Days without speaking to another person and not realize that I'm missing like an essential part of human life Mm -hmm. like like, until like I start going insane like because it's just not a natural drive for me to seek it out whereas for some people like they can't go a day without seeing or talking to somebody like it's just it's a natural drive and there's no way they could possibly fall into a pattern like that because it's just Mm -hmm. speaking and being around people is like breathing and eating to them Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, it's such a natural thing that they need every day. And, um, yeah. So I, I feel like that that's definitely very relatable.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will say one of the better places that I made friends, at least in, you know, in Seattle, um, there's a brewery near where I lived. And so I would always go to bar trivia there and just go hang out there. And I got to know the bartenders and other people around there. And they actually became really, really great friends of mm -hmm. mine. And, uh, and I went there with the guy who used to live with me. So we would just, you know, like both get home from whatever we were doing that day and kind of look at each other be like, oh, want to go to the bar? Okay. Mm-hmm. And we just go. Um, and so making friends like that is easier uh, because you're going there with someone. There's other interesting people there and also mm-hmm. booze. That helps yeah. too. <laughs> and like um, when
0: introverts are healthy, they're aware of that and they're able to put the effort in to make that happen and like kind mm-hmm. of make the know, grease the wheels a bit because I've mm-hmm. definitely been there too where like I've had to learn that about myself and like kind of insert myself into situations where that that I'm, I know I need it as like a human being so I need to like deliberately make choices to make sure that I'm ending up in that kind of situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always been a very deliberate thing like I've had to decide it and it's also hard because when I for me like I have to really build up to, like, being in a social situation, especially with people I don't know very well. Like, I, I am not, that does not come naturally to me at all, uh, mm. where I, I, I kind of am usually typically very quiet upon first meetings with people.
1: Yeah. And so it takes
0: a long time for me to, like, build up confidence to, like, actually engage. And uh, But it's, it's funny because, like, right now, I think I'm the only one of the three of us who works permanently from home uh, every day. Mm-hmm. And that was the easiest transition for me like mm. I, I went home and I was just fucking stoked and I am <laughs> still like totally fine to, to get up out of bed walk to my desk work a day and then chill after that and that's it uh, and I could do it for a long time more and probably not like have like a bubbling of effects from that come out but uh, <laughs> I still have to make sure that, that I'm addressing
1: that in a lot of ways and it's, it's uh, difficult to remind myself to do that so Hmm. It's a surreal window of time right now. Actually, I've been I've been slowly like my parents been having people over. I went over to someone's house the other day, and like, the masks are starting to come off. Like it, it, we are safe again, mm-hmm. but it's weird. It feels unusual to be in like a room full of other people again, and it, it's it's. I think that's still going to take some getting used to. It and definitely will. I I'm not sure when you know like. Uh, when people are going to feel used to going out without masks at all. Like personally, it's just an instinct for me of like, okay, I'm going out put, put the mask on. And unless I'm like going to someone's house or something, I don't see a reason to take it off.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been going to work pretty much this whole time because I used to work for crazy people and also working in manufacturing. You have to be in the place to do the thing. Of course. Um, and going on trips and um, stuff like that is just you become okay with whatever level of risk you have to have because you know I obviously want to say no to a business trip in the time when the company's cutting people but that means you know I have to go on planes that means I have to go out to dinner and lunch every day and you know all the stuff that I wouldn't do at home and it as long as you're taking care of yourself and making sure that what you're doing is okay and you're not, you know, licking doorknobs and you're probably going to be okay is what my experience was. Not to say that that was true for everybody because it was definitely not. Um, I definitely probably got lucky with how much travel I did and all this stuff. But uh, Mm. there's definitely a personal level that you have to be okay with to at least in my line of work to go to work every day and to see people. And, um, you know, it's the end of a long day on the, on the road, you're going to go to the, you're going to go to the bar and have a beer, (laughs) you know, and that might mean because it's winter in Wichita and 35 degrees outside, that might mean you have to sit inside. So that's kind of the, the rub with that. It's an interesting situation and dynamic that's brought about by necessity rather than want. Um, mm-hmm. and like It makes me wonder...
1: It makes me wonder... Like as I know it's, there's not going to be that many this summer because we're, we're getting to the season where there would be a whole bunch of conventions and they needed to be starting to be planned months ago. Mm-hmm. But it does make me wonder when large-scale events like that start happening again, what attendance mm-hmm. is going to be like. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure... There's the contingent of people who are chomping at the bit to get back to normal and mm-hmm. want to go back in line and don't give a shit. They never thought this was real, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also know that there's a large contingent of people who are just nervous and kind of used to not going out and realizing that they don't really miss it. And, like, I think that, that it's not a... a, a, a direction with a lot of uh, initiative, but I can see Mm. it having a lot of inertia if that makes sense. I can see like uh, because people have been staying at home they would choose to stay at home to continue to stay at home and not go to large events like that. I was reading
0: that there's, or listening to, I think uh, a political podcast about how they were kind of discussing that there's kind of this issue about, in in a lot of communities, of of portions of the communities being overly... uh, cautious and quarantining mm-hmm. a little too hard and mm-hmm. probably taking it seriously to a point that they're um, neglecting their human needs uh, for the sake of, of kind of the hysteria around around the par- quarantine. Not, not saying that it's not justified, but that they're, uh, you know, they didn't adapt their, their strategy kind of uh-huh. to like the level of severity as it, as it changed and um, there's going to be a portion of people who are still going to be significantly worried about contracting it or getting their kids exposed or whatever. And like, are mm-hmm. not going to let any member of the house out of the, out of the house for a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, that they're so like emotionally scarred by this whole thing that it's going to take a while for people to get adjusted to it. But again, totally. there's another half of the, of the population that is like, so gung ho for things to be ready and open again, whether they believed in it or not, because I'm sure there are people who took it very seriously and, and masked up and got their vaccine who are, Super duper eager for stuff to go back to normal, but we're just oh, yeah. smart enough to not you know fall into the trap of uh, that dictating their actions um, yeah so it's gonna be weird. there's definitely gonna be portions of, of people who were like perfectly happy to uh, live this way uh, and in a way, I'm kind of one of them. my My company has been talking about how like they're gonna give us the option gradually. If we want to come to the studio and work there in person, we can. But it's mm-hmm. always going to be an option from now on. And I'm thinking, like, I don't fucking need to do that. I, I'm happy to stay at home and <laughs> slither out of bed and go to my desk and not have to worry about getting dressed I, and commuting that and seeing people. A,
1: a, for a lot of jobs in 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 your industry, Travis, and in the tech industry, that that they're, they're kind of leaning towards that direction of of half, maybe a third of the company will still be working from home indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's well, likely uh, I was looking yeah. something up while you guys were talking. So you were mentioning like when large scale events are going to kind of come back and what attendance would look like. Um, so in uh, baseball, uh, the Texas Rangers starting with the very first game of the year were full capacity. Um, mm. This would be late March, early April. They were hundred percent capacity from the get go. And they've been averaging about 26,000 people per game. And that's over about 20 games. So you're talking 26,000 people are averaging again, 26,000 people are showing up every single or, you know, every other day to go to this thing for a month and a half straight. And that shows no signs of slowing down, especially as the summer picks up there. Um, And I think there's definitely a desire to do this stuff again. Like I definitely want to go to a baseball game again. Um, but I'm I'm waiting for three more weeks because that's when both Christina and I will be considered fully vaccinated is in three mm-hmm. weeks. So I'm waiting for that. And then we mm-hmm. can go to baseball games to our hearts content, especially in um, California where you can't go to a game unless you have proof of a negative test that's less than three days old or you're fully vaccinated with mm-hmm. your ID card. And these things are also tied to your identity. Mm-hmm. Like it, You have to really, really want to go to a game. And, right. You know, I already go to work every day and stuff like that. I don't mm. need the additional risk of going to a game, but, you know, give it a few weeks and I'll be a game skin. Because, sure. you know, we're there.
1: And I'm so, sure that's going to be a whole a whole chapter of a conversation, too, where, where people aren't going to want to have the, uh, the immunization records be a thing. I know it, people it, go it around is. saying, like, oh, I don't want the vaccine passport i get it that's going to be a whole that's the next argument now that we have the vaccine we have to have documentation of who's been vaccinated and i've, I've heard don't some, want that it's i've heard invi- some states are
2: privacy. already already outlawing the concept of vaccine yeah. passports and there Which are they're not a silly. thing and then this the cdc and all the states are being like yeah you know i'll do see if you're vaccinated how are you gonna check we're not and then that's the end of the conversation Mm-hmm. But then once those yeah. people want to fly internationally, they're going to hit a brick wall, because
0: yeah. that's going to be the case uh, for Everywhere. probably international Years. flying uh, for a very long time. Yeah, Yeah. So. yeah. It's, and, it's a... and
1: what's more, uh, I, I've heard that uh, while the state might not be able to demand a lot of these things, private companies absolutely can demand their employees mm-hmm. be immunized for certain diseases, so mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the way that this gets mandated through a lot of the U.S., At my last job,
2: job, it was expected that we would do international travel. And so it was expected that we would have a passport. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I I know to go to Australia, you need to, uh, you know, show up and, you know, pretty, you know, easily not be sick. You know, they have you walk through a thermal camera. They ask you if you've been in contact with anyone, tuberculosis. This is when I went there a year and a half ago. Um, You know, they want to make sure that you're really not bringing anything contagious in it. Australia is not likely to open up anything except for New Zealand for the next year and a half. So, mm-hmm. and you can bet that then they're going to ask, like, you know, show me all your records, show me whatever booster shots you're bringing, mm-hmm. all of your documentation, just to go to this country, and mm-hmm. that's not abnormal. I know to go to South American countries, you need a yellow fever shot, and you need to bring malaria pills oh, yeah. and all this stuff, Absolutely. and that's normal. So, mm-hmm. adding COVID to that list is just another thing, really. Yeah, exactly. just
1: another bullet point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to say like uh with with Sam moving up here, I I am fucking so excited to get back to that convention life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean like that, I'll bring it, I'll bring it so back long. to it. I'll bring it's been to so it. long since I have We'll I've find to, like, out the convention.
1: conventions that are up there. We'll find out. We'll find the hotels. We'll do Emerald it. Emerald
0: City Comic Con. You're not going to need any hotels. You know, we'll I'll stay with you. You'll stay with me. You oh, know, we it's got so
1: much fun to get a hotel, Travis, and just be like, oh, let's go get breakfast. And then there's Goku. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. All right, if you're saying we'll so. have the disposable income to be able to afford it.
0: I guess I guess you're right, yeah. And then we'll go and we'll buy lots of nerdy crap, and uh, it'll be great. It'll be, it'll be just great. like old times.
1: Scott, are you insulted at all that uh, uh, Travis wasn't this excited when you were living up there?
2: We did other stuff. They know we I'm did not a convention stuff. person. Like we went we did to hockey stuff. games. and We went and walked around the That's city. That's true. A bunch You'll never.
1: You, you probably would never get a unless you're you're the driving force on that one, Travis. I'm probably not going to a hockey game with you.
2: They're pretty fun.
1: I bet. I just... I I wouldn't even know where to begin.
0: You Go. just follow the puck. Yeah. But I, that's the thing that I liked about it, is that I knew nothing about hockey, and I was still able to understand what was happening, because it was, like, just... It was just, follow the puck, and then every now and then a fight happens. Hell yeah. It's yeah, accurate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that does
0: seem um, pretty
2: fun. Uh, it really is pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, I, like, you're not going to get dragged to a hockey game by Travis, I don't think. I think no, I'd I drag, don't, I don't I'd think drag Travis really to hockey games. <laughs> 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 I would miss it. Um, and, you know, we did other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a convention person. So, I mean, everyone does different things with every, every other person. So, I'm not... Well- also, <laughs> Scott unfortunately that. missed the
0: window of like... Because when he was up here, there was I didn't have any future plan of getting a car. And now that's like in my immediate future in like the next couple of months. So that's going to like change my ability to like go down there a lot more. So mm-hmm. um, if Scott is were the, still there, the, I would the certainly be planning things yet, to do with him. Or? No.
2: <laughs> Sorry? Canada's not open yet. I mean, it is no, if you they, want to quarantine two weeks on either end. But Their estimate is like
0: maybe the end of the summer, maybe... Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Crossed. The thing is, though, like they are, we are finally hitting um, like a pretty good, uh, at least better pace with the vaccines. I actually have my 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 appointment scheduled finally. Great. Um, uh, for for early June. Uh, they they today, as of two hours ago, eighteen uh, plus has been opened up for appointments in BC. So. Um, they're finally nice. getting that, but the problem is that the second dose is like a really long estimate. And I mean, they're telling people like to wait three months for the second dose, so that might end up changing. But uh, one they're, is they're, better.
2: Than, one is
0: better than none, though. I
2: mean, their, their strategy
0: the, is to get everyone their first shot first, and then worry about the second one. I think um, the that makes the sense.
2: numbers that I've heard are you know put the first vaccine in the you know like the seventy-ish percent or sixty-ish percent you know mm-hmm. realm and. I'm not sure that's a preventing infection as far as I know. And then right. I don't know the statistics on hospitalization and stuff like that after that. But one is definitely better than none. <laughs> but they, they have been getting
0: bigger shipments than they were expecting because I think, because they announced that they were doing the, that they were lowering the age from like 50 to like <laughs> 30 and then to 25 and then to 18. Like, with. Four days. days ago. Like, wow. I, mean, I mean, it was like suddenly out of the blue, they had a billion shots. And I, I think I think they were expecting like 2 million Pfizer shots and they got like 8 million Pfizer shots. Something crazy like that nice. happened. And uh, I, I think I think that just allowed them to just completely upend their, their expectations. So hopefully that means that the timeline is, is getting pushed. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get the car until later, like late 2021. 20, so it, it, you know...
2: Yeah, it's I not gonna just
0: sit around and rot.
2: I remember you came down the one time, and I wish you could have come down for longer. Uh, when you stayed down the street from where I lived, but yeah, it was. I know that was fun. Thing. It was a one night
0: trip, but it, I wish we could have been there for longer. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was a good time though. We a had a breakfast.
0: Sam, we had like the one of the best breakfasts I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, and I, I hope you will, you will discover this place as well. It is a, it was a Chinese restaurant turned into a, like a shitty diner.
1: Oh, Scott's okay. taken me there. I know yeah, you've course. been there. Okay, yeah. good. good.
0: It's one of my favorite places to take people. <laughs> that place is great. I had a chicken fried steak first meal of 2019 or whatever it was. Yeah. Damn. And it was I think just, 2019. Uh, so
1: new Year's good. special.
0: Yeah. That was, that was a good one. There, there is excellent food in Seattle. Honestly, I, I was, I've always been very impressed by the food in Seattle. Um, have you so, have you had the shitty chicken teriyaki though? No, no one's ever we, no one's ever given me that. I I, I, uh, I keep hearing about it.
2: But Yeah, you gotta The thing is
0: I, I make very good chicken teriyaki. So I, I'm I
2: don't I'm doubt gonna, that, but this is not the same this is not good chicken teriyaki. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, Where is I, it from? Uh it's
2: kind of actually a local Seattle thing
1: um because that that's what, what i wasn't following here is is seattle known for bad chicken teriyaki yes as a, as a city like so so when you think of seattle
2: what you think of the first thing you think of is like seafood but that's or not the seattle kind of, dog Where seattle seattle dogs that's very good made those for dinner yeah. tonight um but seafood is not kind of unique to seattle a lot of places have seafood right on on whatever coast but There's a thing that's kind of unique to Seattle, which is this chicken teriyaki dish, which is very much like a a lunch kind of thing, Hmm. or like a a cheap takeout dinner. And it is a pile of steamed white rice with a pile of um like marinated and grilled chicken thighs that are you know cut into strips, right? Uh that are kinda burnt, saw very thin thickly sauced with like a sticky sweet kind of glaze and a little teeny side salad with like sugary sweet like dressing and that's it and it, it, trust me this is really good you have to and get it's probably it. really inexpensive too i'm guessing yeah the whole thing like- costs like nine dollars yeah so um but if you know where you're going to be staying in seattle let me know and i can probably point you to some good places
1: we'll all see right. we'll see i've never been been huge on chicken teriyaki but
2: yeah, it's it's good stuff. And then you can get it most places in the city pretty easily. Around where I worked, I could get it with, like, five places within a five-minute drive or something if I wanted to. And everywhere it is a little different. Um, you know, there's always, there's a spicy variety and stuff a lot at all these places, too. So. Well,
1: mm-hmm. today I learned chicken teriyaki is Seattle's poutine. It kind of is.
0: <laughs> it's exciting, though. I mean... Uh... Have you thought, Sam, like about what? Because uh, I don't know if Seattle's like it is here. I can't imagine there's like incredibly good Mexican food in Seattle, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe oh, there is. I, I
1: haven't even thought about like what food I'm I'm losing. I, I think I'll, I'll realize that once I've arrived. But I'm not yeah. like doing a big send off or anything like that.
2: There are individual good places for like specifically Mexican food, but there's not like a, a culture around it. Right. That.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need the culture for it to be really good right yeah if it's a one-off thing it it feels like it's a little bit more of a
2: novelty sometimes Um, it definitely is um but yeah i got all the food wrecks for you especially i mean around where i used to live but um if i mean i know a lot of places around where the person you're going to be living with i assume is living now i know some good places around that area too so
1: I'm happy well, to excellent. Help. I, I I don't <laughs> want to get docked, so don't 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 say where I'm living, but uh... I, ne- I, I avoided <laughs> saying that.
2: <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm definitely excited to see uh to see what I uh, to discover the area. But
2: mm-hmm. I mean that one thing that I was telling people about uh when I was starting my new job, they're like, Oh, you know, what are you excited for? And I was like, Honestly I wanna learn all the good places around work to have lunch. Like where can I get you know some good quick food if I don't have time where can I go for a longer lunch if I do have time where should I take people to uh, if they're visiting you know a vendor or something or a customer um, you know stuff like that and it's a little more difficult right now because I can't just go and eat anywhere you know I have to you know go there and bring it back and then I bike to work so I can't easily just you know drive across the city and get something to eat and drive back I have to bike there and Bike
1: back apparently a lot of businesses are uh, <laughs> experiencing a shortage of staff also just I guess because mm-hmm. people are are demanding higher wages and, and mm-hmm. expecting a little bit more from uh, the the hours they work-hmm
2: that is also true so. I've also been hearing there's a
0: shortage of chicken no
1: that I'm not, I, I heard that but you know I went to KFC just this week didn't have any trouble.
0: They're fine. Colonel's got it. They got their supply lines all figured out, I guess.
1: Yes, the Colonel guys. If you're having trouble finding chicken, I know a guy.
0: I didn't know you were a KFC person. Is this new? I'm not like
1: a KFC person. It's just if I'm getting fried chicken, I'm going to the place that has fried chicken in the name. I see. Yeah, valid. I haven't had KFC in a long time. I haven't either. It's probably good for you. It's probably the way it ought to be.
0: I've heard it's the worst fast food for your health like of I'm, all of
1: them. That's probably true. Uh not that like, like you should everything go to any fast on the food the menu is breaded. It to be, it's so fatty.
2: Everything's breaded and fried and, fried and yeah.
1: Well, it's
0: like it's like the southern comfort food fast food chain, so it's it, I mean, of course it's the worst for you, right? It's like mac and cheese and
1: mac and cheese gravy. And taters like Ma used to make we do things a little differently down here in the south, <laughs> little differently. <laughs> Now,
0: you big city folk may not
1: know. You may know your way around a burger over there in Texas, but we do things a little differently over here in Louisiana, I tell you what.
2: Do you know where KFC our started? Our chicken
1: kebabs and our gator taters.
2: Do you know where <laughs> KFC started?
0: I'm guessing
1: not Kentucky, right? Kansas. <laughs> Utah. Utah. <laughs> it's all aesthetic. <laughs> Although uh, of it uh, is. I, w-
2: I was showing John a picture of uh, my lunch on Friday and I want to share it with you guys too. I'm going to I'm going to share my screen here is this great podcast content here, but I want you nice. to describe this for me. Um, okay, so
0: we got uh th- this is the this is the pastrami with with poutine, right? This is the the gravy pastrami yeah, that you this were sharing,
2: is the Montreal smoked meat sandwich with gravy dipping sauce. Okay, that sounds pretty good. This was is this is
1: delicious. Is the bun also meat?
2: No, it's, it is it's grilled been like though. It's panini, grilled. It's been like panini pressed. Okay, panini pressed. Okay, fancy but, grill. This was, as you might imagine, great. This I guess I, I, I,
0: I for me, like when I think of pastrami, I think of like sour like sauerkraut and yeah, like me rye. Too. So I, for me, like associating with something very like savory like that is a little a little a little bit of a twist. So I bet it's good, but it just, that's not what I good. associate with it usually.
2: This is also this uh this fried chicken sandwich, more good podcast content. Or yeah, or that's, yeah, that's all right. good. Scott's just showing us his, his
0: Scott Google Scott's doing of the, food yeah, now, we gotta so. find a new topic. <laughs> Sam, what's on your mind? What, what, do you, what did you come to the show with today?
1: What did I come to the show with? Gosh, uh, you know, I, I, I bring to the show what I take with me, which is the, the smiles and laughs of all the children across America. So That's
0: bullshit. Uh, you better come up with something better than that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm very, I'll, or else I'll be quite disappointed.
1: You know, I I I this last this last uh, uh, week I've I've had a lot of visitors. I I met with a friend of ours from high school. I met with a friend of mine from from college just yesterday. I met with uh, a couple friends from middle school over Zoom not so long before that. And you know what's got How me much? thinking? The past was great, but let's turn the page. It's good to look forward and not dwell on the past. I yeah. like it. I like it. So uh, uh, to all you all you thinkers out there. Thinking, hey, uh, what about that embarrassing thing that happened in middle school? Yeah, everyone still remembers, but it happened so long ago. Don't worry Every- about
2: it. Everyone still remembers, but turns out nobody cares.
1: Yeah, everyone still remembers, but nobody cares.
2: Yeah.
1: I have my reunion in a
0: few weeks. Are you going to oh, go?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I'm going to go. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Zoom. go Zoom. And...
1: Re- reunion on Zoom.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Uh, I mean, I'm not like worried about it, because I don't really, frankly, give too much of a shit. Uh, I was excited
1: for our reunion until it was on Zoom, and then it was just like, oh, no, that seems like a terrible way to spend an afternoon.
0: See, I'm kind of excited for the awkwardness. I feel like that'll be funny. Um,
1: I think we're at that point in the timeline, maybe, for you. Because for me, when, when, when our reunion was going on, I don't know about you, Scott, but for me, it was definitely like peak annoyance of Zoom. It was peak, okay, we just got on a Zoom call with 16 of our relatives because somebody just learned how to make a Zoom conference call, and everyone's talking at once, and no one can hear each other. And so, like, the idea of breakout rooms was novel, and even then it was just like, ah.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think what helped it for me was that the email invitation was not being cute about it. It was like, we know you're all gonna not want to do this, but we're gonna well, try. I, I would
1: say I, I think it's because it was kind of cute about it because the, your 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 class ambassador kind of knew the 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 correct mood of the of the class. Maybe because yeah, you're right. Ours was very authentic. It was very just hey here's the reunion, and then when they found out it was going to be on Zoom, it was very much, you know, like, oh, it's on Zoom, but we'll give it a try. Like, we can't wait to see you. Yeah, because it was like
2: like a month and a half into this. Yeah. And, I mean, it's been a problem with conference calls and video calls forever, but it's been driven home with the 16 person calls of, you can only have one conversation on a video call. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot that 16 people can talk about as a big group
0: and you, even I, I'm if sure you're standing it's going to be this... a pass the mic kind of thing where it's like everyone's going to get their moment to give their update and that's it right like yeah. I, which is fine i don't mind that but
1: i don't mind I, uh... that in person but but i i don't want i didn't want that i didn't want that when it was when it was our turn <laughs>
0: Because no. I, I remember you were like thinking about going like up until it happened.
2: Like you I were was really super like, excited it. for
1: an in-person reunion. I'm yeah. all about that because I that's probably would have.
2: A... I probably would have flown down for it.
1: Yeah, like that's in the physical space. You know, you can mingle. You can kind of. Be casual with conversations. It's nice. You can I think I was even can leave planning early no initially notice.
0: to go down for your reunion, yes, too. Yes, the, like the I think plan was me. I
1: was going to bring a bunch of my friends, like like yeah. you and then, you know all the people from our graduating class. And, and uh, uh, you know the people who I wanted to hang out with, if, if it was awkward, I would just hang out with them for the whole evening. But that's the problem with Zoom. It's like, okay, there's only like, for our reunion, I think like five, six people showed up. So yeah. it's just like, this is the everyone. Like, you're just now trapped in an awkward conversation with these people, and you can't, you know, mingle away. Yeah,
2: you can't mingle away. You can't have a different conversation. You can't, you know, Irish goodbye without being really awkward about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just didn't sound appealing to me at all.
1: Maybe, maybe in another four years.
2: Yeah, maybe yeah. for the 15.
1: Maybe for the 15. Did they do
2: a 15? I thought it
0: skipped right to 10. Or uh, right from 10 to 15, 10 to 20.
2: And they'll probably do a 15 for like our two years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would to, imagine.
0: To make good for the one we missed. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I mean sounds fun to me, because it sounds... I mean, I, I went to the five-year one, and I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just a lot... They gave us a very nice steak dinner, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to go to our, our, our drama teacher, put on a, an impromptu class. So I went to that, and we, uh, we, we did acting for, for an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and some of the people there were insufferable, who I did not <laughs> know. They were like, you know, 30... It was like their 30-year reunion, and they were like very uh, not funny. Uh, trying to be funny, um, there was one guy from the very first class of uh, of our school school's history who showed up. He was very old, oh. and he uh, talked about how uh, they used to make him do uh, Latin chants. And that's what they did for fun back in the fifties uh, oh, at, at our school, like oh, no. like math like in, at mass. Yeah, and they all had to learn the 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 monk the monk chanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. But the thing was, is <laughs> well, that everybody who me showed me up, <laughs> everyone who showed up in my class, we were the only ones there who were were unemployed. Uh-huh. You know, no one had done anything yet, so we all showed up and we were like, "Hey, what have you been doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I graduated, and now I'm sitting at home. What are you doing? Oh, I'm working at a store.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that, that makes sense with the timeline, right? Four years yeah. of college. One, one year after that, it's hard to have a job straight out of college.
0: And, and the people who did were too busy or didn't have enough money to travel, so they couldn't make it. So
1: I just spilled water all over my front. That's going to be good.
0: Well, it's not a video podcast, so if you hadn't said anything, no one would have known.
1: Got my big old <laughs> cup here. Just Sometimes the water goes in my mouth, sometimes it goes all around it. <laughs>
2: I get that problem sometimes when I pick up a can, and I had recently gotten a new can of beer or something, and I'll forget how full it is and just spill it over my face.
0: Well, Scott does this thing that makes me feel like a fucking idiot. Or whenever I'm around him and I get like excited and I, I'm drinking something I have a habit of like of spilling shit on myself a lot when I'm just talking too much and Scott every single time that has ever fucking happened in front of you you just go nice nice and it, it makes me feel like the like the lowest of the low like I, I just I, I, I fucking hate it <laughs>
2: I'm not going to stop like, now. You're acknowledging
0: <laughs> that you know that you noticed my flaws. I I just, oh, it's it's terrible. I,
2: I literally could not care less about it. It's I know. When you I'm do sure it, that's
1: just like an instinct for you. That's just yeah. Like it is jerk, just nice. Just,
2: and then we move on. Like I don't draw attention to it. I don't I, I, like dwell on oh, it. I and don't, I, just I move move don't on.
0: move on, Scott. I don't move on. <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> uh,
1: well, this has That's been great. nice. I feel like this has been an, a, a a chill evening show.
0: It has been. You know, I got all this time. The the, the mail didn't deliver Mass Effect trilogy remastered in time.
1: So oh. I'm sitting
0: with my thumb up my ass waiting to start a new adventure with Shepard. It's going to be tomorrow, I guess. But I'm going to be busy tomorrow. It's a work week.
1: Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. It, it's, what was that helmet that came?
0: Well, that was the Collector's Edition, which did not come with a game. Uh... Because that's how EA does that. Thing. That's,
1: that's embarrassing.
0: So there's a, okay. On the surface, because that's how everyone reacts to that. And I, I agree. It's like, why the fuck doesn't it come with a game? Yeah. If it costs $60 more and came with a game, I would still buy it. A. Yeah. And it makes sense in the sense that they, first off, they only sold it on the Bioware store. And like, they didn't have that many of them. So they didn't want to make like an Xbox One and a PlayStation One and a PC One. This way, they can yeah. just sell the same one, and it's applicable to all three. Yeah. So I I understand it on a practical level. It's still like surface. Just looking at it, like you're selling a a collector's edition that comes with like a game case and it doesn't have the disc. Like, what are you doing? Because it did. It came with like a fancy steel book for no for no with no disc. Right. And uh, it's. It's very silly, but I guess that's just... They're doing that now. So, I'm just... I have to wait. I have to, look, watch, I have to go to the Reddit and watch everyone else have fun. Yep. And well, uh,
1: hopefully you won't be waiting too much longer.
0: I mean, if, if I'm going to wait any longer, frankly, uh, I'm not going to be around uh, much longer after that, because I will have uh, jumped off my balcony. So, cool. uh, with that, I think we should let everyone go. Uh, with that, with that wonderful thought, uh, this was kind of a this was all over the place, and I'm sorry for that. I feel like I I introduced downer topics today. Maybe I need to learn something or two. Hey, you
1: know, it, it, we had a it was a subdued episode. It's 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 a it's a shift shooters nights.
0: When I have a beer before a show, it's going to be a good time. But this time, I made the mistake of making myself a gin and tonic, mm. and I think that. That brought out a, a different energy, and maybe I need to learn my lesson and not do that okay. again. You know,
2: I still haven't unpacked all my glassware
1: yet, so I can't
2: do that. I see.
0: I just I just use the, the cheap glasses I got at like the
2: dollar store.
1: Yeah, glassware, so, drink right out of the bottle. What are you talking about? I have nice glassware in this glass. box
2: over here. I can do it. But I haven't unpacked is, is
0: it yet. Is beef gin good? I, that's what I bought. It's I fine. Know what, I, don't, it's, I don't know. Gin. That's what I buy.
2: Okay. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know if I was being an idiot it's so not I, I like bought plastic that. bottle cheap you know swill gin but it's also not like you know Bombay sapphire or something it's it's fine is Bombay sapphire good should I get that next time if you want to spend twice as much for not a whole lot more quality sure okay
1: good night <laughs>
0: it's Travis I am I've had a whole bottle of La Femme du monde I'm a little out of it but I'm gonna try to do our, our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks go to aesthetics please aestheticsplease.bandcamp.com is where you're gonna find his uh, sweet tunes uh, not to mention uh, Music.BusinessCasual.Biz find some other other good business casual stuff there our music is uh provided generously with his permission he's our favorite our favorite musician of all time better than the beatles so uh you should definitely check him out and yeah i hope uh we we don't have any um any social media or uh, email address or anything so you uh there's no way to contact us so uh you wanna ask us a question, uh, I'm sorry, you, you just, you just can't, so, that's, uh, that's it, hope to see you next week, stay classy fuckers, goodbye!